Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special four-part series that I recorded last week in London with Jonathan Armstrong from Quarterly Compliance. This is the Live from London series. In this series, I take a look at how customers are now a compliance risk, or at least potentially one, the state of compliance in 2019, the Cognizant Technologies, FCPA declination, and how regime change may lead to corruption and bribery investigations. These podcasts are short, five to seven minutes each, but it gives you a highlight and flavor of each one of these issues. In this part two, we take a look at the state of compliance in 2019, how it's evolved literally over the past 12 years that I've been practicing compliance. A fascinating exploration of where we've been and where we may be going. This is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry, the Specialist Compliance Lawyers. I'm really pleased to say that Tom Fox is with us today, the compliance evangelist, one of the US, if not the world's leading compliance experts. And Tom, we've been chatting in London about your journey into the compliance profession. Obviously, much has changed in those days. But if you were to do almost a state of the nation address on the world of compliance, what would that be? What, what are the trends that we're seeing? What's the role of compliance officers versus what it used to be? Well, first of all, thank you for having me back, Jonathan. The uh, compliance function is still driven by uh, the actions of the regulators. And in many ways, uh, the regulators uh, will suggest or say, uh, this is an appropriate level of compliance, and then it's up to the compliance practitioner to, to fill into that level. I think we've seen another one of those sort of jumps starting in late 2018 with a, a speech by John Cronin, the Deputy Assistant U.S. Attorney General, where he talked about effective compliance. And certainly we've heard uh, DOJ officials talk about that before, but he really emphasized it was the effective and the having an effective compliance program and documenting that effectiveness that would help a company out most in uh, if they got involved in an FCPA or other anti-corruption global investigation. Uh, hopefully, we're going to talk about a enforcement action that recently was released, which emphasized that. But it's that effectiveness. How do you one measure effectiveness? How do you document those measurements? And then how do you loop that information back into your system? to uh, make it more effective. So it's a continuous feedback loop. And the effectiveness of your compliance program through the increased use of technology uh, is where the department is certainly suggesting companies go to, and it's where I see compliance going. In terms of technology, the, there's really two types of technology. One is uh, the administrative work that can be done much more efficiently through technology. So the days of spreadsheets, managing your third parties, we now have sophisticated third-party management software uh, from literally uh, the life cycle of a third-party relationship with your company through the close of that. But now we're moving to analyzing large data, big data, across an entire sales cycle from a quote to cash, from procure to pay on the supply chain. And having that data available where a compliance officer can look at each point where either money could bleed out, kind of a traditional fraud analysis, or a pot of money could be collected to pay a bribe or collected so that a bribe could be paid. So any place there could be uh, money aggregated in any of those steps, so gifts, travel, and entertainment, for instance, 
or if a contract discount is too great, or if a third party uh, who helped facilitate uh, obtaining a contract uh, receives too great of a commission. Every one of those steps can be reviewed literally along an eyesight to see each step so that where every step may be within a company's policy, say at 95 to 98% below, uh, up against a uh, limit, uh, it may, through all five of those steps, show that a pot of money has been created. So technology, uh, whether you call it artificial intelligence, I don't really say it's predictive, but it's putting together and it's allowing a compliance officer literally to see a line eye, to, uh, eye of sight across every step to see where money uh, could bleed out or be aggregated to pay a bribe. And this is principally because we've seen a number of cases where instead of the you know, traditional brown envelope type payment, there's been the establishment of a war chest, which has then been used to release money to government officials or people who have uh, helped pr- procure that contract. Uh, that's certainly one scheme that we have seen, and this, uh, this would be one way to, to see, because remember, it's always about the money. Follow the money. How do you get the pot of money to pay a bribe? It has to come from somewhere. It's typically the bribe is too great to be an individual salary or even their bonus. Yeah. So where in the company could money be aggregated and then bled out in a way that's paid either directly to a government official, literally out of the back of a car in a bag, or uh, through a third party? Mm-hmm. And then one of the other points you made, we've certainly seen on this side of the Atlantic, in that not only do you have to have an effective compliance program, but even if you're a small entity, you have to be able to demonstrate that. And it's not good enough to say to people, don't pay bribes. You also have to prove that you've told them that, document the fact, have a proper policy in place to fulfill your obligations under the under the bribery act. So that's a trend we're seeing on both sides of the Atlantic as well. It, it, you're exactly right. It's the effectiveness of your compliance program. And what do investors think about compliance? Investors really uh, see compliance as a huge benefit for a couple of reasons. Number one, if I'm a private equity investor and I want to invest in Quartery, for instance, uh, I'm going to look very closely at Quartery's compliance program to make sure, one, I'm not buying an entity that's engaging in bribery and corruption, but also they have the right values, mm-hmm. that they're not going to do something which would cause a great reputational damage uh, to me as a private equity investor. But also, uh, private equity investors are seeing a large number of business opportunities in the compliance space. And I think this past year was, uh, past 18 months perhaps, has been one of the most stunning in terms of PE investment in compliance companies, whether the product companies or services companies. We've seen from literally, uh, I think, uh, 45 to $50 million investments to hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, they call it a purchase, but it could be an investment. And so PE companies and other investors are seeing uh, opportun- business opportunity in the field of compliance, particularly around technology companies and service companies that help businesses uh, engage in more compliant behavior. So from the uh, investment perspective, from the business perspective, compliance brings both of those opportunities. Yeah, and, and that's certainly a trend we've seen, both on the buy and the sell side. Um, we uh, a, a story for professional reasons, of course, I, I'm not going to give any detail on, but we acted for a trade buyer buying from private equity where compliance or the lack of proper, you know, proper visible compliance measures reduced the 
purchase price substantially with an acquirer that once they started asking one question about compliance and finding out they had what we call in our uh, terminology an own goal, just kept kicking the ball into the back of the net and getting the, the, the price reduced accordingly. So it's something that particularly private equity businesses are looking at both from a invest in and a sale out point of view, because obviously they're looking at that, that margin is, is how they survive. The other thing uh, that strikes me about the private equity investment in compliance business businesses is this is one of the things that will drive the ball forward because many of these private equity investors are coming in with money to increase technology, to advance technology. And when you have that sort of investment of capital that can be used for uh, new and innovative technologies, technological solutions that we can't even envision today, I think that's going to drive the compliance ball forward as well. This is fascinating stuff. We will return to that case in another film shortly. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, look out on our YouTube channel for that. Probably at this stage, we should thank you, Tom, for, uh, for joining us. Thank you all for watching, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this short podcast on the increasing risk of customers around bribery and corruption, and hope you'll join us again for another episode of this special bonus presentation of the FCPA Compliance Report live from London. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.